I got to tell you, this is just a, a great theme. Steve touched on it a little bit ago, the theme of escapism, you know, and reminds, it reminds us all. He quoted a little bit of the quote from Pascal. It's really, let me give you that quote. It's, um, it's sort of a abbreviated version. I'm going to show you both of the Pascal quote. It goes like this. There's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God, the creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Um, now, one of the great things, many great things, one of the great things about serving in a church like this is I have guys like Clay, some of you know Clay, our, our executive pastor, and I have somebody else that helps me that, you know, when I get quotes that are not, you know, you want to make sure they're accurate. And uh, sometimes I can do that. Sometimes I need a little help on the search engines and stuff. And Clay's great about that, and he found the, uh, the, the real writing from which this came from. And, uh, and by the way, speaking of my friend Clay, we, uh, we've been lying to you for a few weeks, been living a lie, and I've been a part of it. So now it's time to come clean. We told you how he had a bicycle accident, which is why he's kind of been up, had a concussion, and, and he's uh, kind of been laid up for a few weeks uh, around, but not as much as normal. Operating, he, he, he and, and, and the truth is, it wasn't a bicycle accident. It was, it was while he was break dancing, he hit his head. So you knew that was coming, didn't you? And, uh, um, but you know, it's been kind of, it's been kind of, it's been, it's been felt kind of bad. Anyway, he found this. He, even, even he, as he calls it now, he tells me all the time when, when we talk. We don't talk that much right now as he's recovering. But he says, you know, I'm operating on half a brain, and I continue to tell him, dude. Welcome to my world. That's how I live 24-7. <laughs> I mean, it's not so bad, is it? You know? <laughs> anyway, he found this for me, and I appreciate it. He's used it, I think, once or twice. But I want to read that whole Pascal quote. I just showed you the abbreviated version. Just a little longer. But I want you to watch this. This is amazing to me. Keep in mind, Pascal, 1600s. Okay? My gosh, watch this. What else does this craving... And this helplessness proclaim, but that there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that, that are not there to help. He cannot find in those that are, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with, with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God himself. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're seeking in things that are not there, the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help. That's amazing to me. 1600s. This isn't a capitalism thing versus socialism. This is, this is innate in man since, his, since the beginning, since man fell. And, and, and here is Pascal and... Jesus is even predating Pascal, talks, and we're going to see those words in a moment, um, about this, 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 what I'm going to call, whoever invented the, the, the phrase, the, the, the God-shaped hole. And uh, how we try to do that with, you know, rock and roll party all night. Many, it, we, do, we try to do it in many ways, don't we? I mean, we, 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 I, obviously, I think we could talk about the immorality of, of people looking, you know, from sometimes bed to bed looking for, for fulfillment. That doesn't help. That doesn't work. Sometimes it's with, with drugs or, or substance abuse. Sometimes it's with um, 
those kinds of things that we could all get into, whether it be alcohol or whatever. But even beyond that, sometimes there are other things that uh, really aren't bad. Not that drugs is bad in the right place, or sex in the right place, or, or even, you know, alcohol in the right place. Great for swabbing, you know, you know and all that. Um, um, but there are other things, like, 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 well, from a lot of guys. You know, I, I always get in trouble when I, sometimes, I hang out with guys, okay? I mean, I, I see women too, but I hang out with guys. Uh, somebody one time in, in, in another church was, was complaining about something, which, which rarely happens, but it happens sometimes in church. And, and she was come to talk to me and was kind of complaining about some things in the church, in this particular church. And she says, well, you know, I just have our time relating to you. You're just, you're just a man's man. And I said, well, would you rather me be a ladies' man? I did. I really said that. <laughs> wasn't the right thing to say in that setting. <laughs> <laughs> but, but nonetheless, you get my, so I, my point is, I, I hang out with guys, I hear this a lot from guys, I know it's true with some women, but in my world w- w- with, with men and so forth, I, hear it a lot, I know it's true with a lot of guys, and that is this, the career thing, the position thing. And it's a good thing, and, and it's great that you, you, you should strive and work hard and get up early and stay up late and, and, and do all that you can do to be successful. God, God is honored by that, assuming you're not abusing people and other stuff along the way. God is honored by that. So, but, but when you're using that position to stuff that empty hole that, is, that, that God-shaped hole in your heart, when you're using that to do that, you're in big trouble. Because someday by your choice or somebody else's, you won't have that position. Then what you're going to do, and, and some of you here have dealt with that or are dealing with that. But it's not a bad thing. You just get, your, you get, you get where you just... Stuffing that God-shaped hole with that position thing. Sometimes it's marriage. It's true. Is it marriage? Again, work hard at your marriage. Please, please. And I, I spend a lot of my time talking to folks about that, and, and I'll continue to do that. I believe in, in, in rock-solid marriages. The Bible teaches it. God cares. At the same time, if you're stuffing that God-shaped hole with your marriage, you know... Things can happen. People change. People get old. People die. Talked to one of our one of our folks this morning after one of the services, and recently lost his wife. And he says, "You know, you 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 can't be more right." He said, "She was our marriage was great. Everything was great." And he said, "I've been lost ever since." He said, "I wonder if I wasn't." He didn't use these words, but he, he wanted to say something else. I, I wonder if I wasn't trying to put things into the God-shaped hole that, that were great, but it still wasn't God. So you see, you could have something really good and, 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 and sacred and wonderful, but if it's not you know, a cause, the church. I mean, some of you, you know, God bless you. You're, 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 you, you support this church in many, many ways. It, it, keep it coming, keep it coming. Um, but at the same time, if you're looking for that church, this church or any church, to, 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 to fill that God-shaped hole, you're, you're gonna, that's not going to do it. Nor is that the purpose of the church, to lead you, help you in your relationship with God. 
Our homes sometimes, our homes are wonderful. Hopefully you have a great home and whatever it is, whether it's an a efficiency apartment or whether it's a nice big house or whatever, homes, they're, they're great. And some people, their whole life is wrapped up in their home. And, and, but I want to tell you, just think about this. Let me show you, I saw this in the New York Times yesterday. It just, the, the picture just got me. It just stunned me just to see it. I had heard the news about it and everything that in, in, uh, in, in California where a, 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 some, a, there was an explosion, gas explosion. I mean, just think about these poor stiffs. I mean, gosh. I mean, you know, yeah, I think about this. I don't know. I don't know this. I'm just making this up. This guy here, probably, maybe, he's, maybe, he, maybe he was the guy that, hey, you know, I finally paid off my house. Oh, I got all my debts paid off, man. I'm, I'm in great shape. Boom. That's, listen, that's devastating for any of us at any time. But if that's what we're putting in that God-shaped hole... It's doubly devastating. It's just things. Set yesterday again with my friend, as we do most every, well, every 9-11. He was, comes here and first respond, one of the first responders. And Along about August, he, he'll give me a call and he'll say, I'm having a hard time again. And he has a, he's just a tremendous individual, follower of, of Christ and knows where his priorities should be, but it's it's, it's it to be close to 9-11. And he lost so many friends. He was in the middle of one of the first responders and lost so many, as many of us did, but lost so many people and, that he saw and knew. He told me after 30 funerals, he said, I don't, I don't think I could do anymore. And we sat down there on the patio. That's the church patio, by the way, in case you didn't know that. That table in the corner, that's my table. Don't ever sit there. It's my table, okay? Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, and we, we sat there and just chatted and talked and just, I've heard stories I've heard in the last two or three years. I don't care. And uh, he was telling me again how one day changed so many people's lives. And we talked, actually. He, I told him what the message was about. And he said, yeah. He says, no question in my mind, I was, I was putting a lot of other stuff in that God-shaped hole. I, and, and as devastating as that was and still is for many people, let's pray that it doesn't take something like that to get my attention to realize what am I putting in this God-shaped hole that really only one thing, only one person can fill. That is a relationship with Christ, a relationship with your Creator. So there are many things. That we put in that hole. I got. I got to mention this. I'm sorry, guys. Opening NFL weekend, sports. And I, I, it's it's true. A lot of again, a lot of guys. I'm sure there are some women, but a lot of guys. Just it's sports. You know, all the time. You know, and, and now with all that we have on cable, I mean, we can we can have sports on our TV 24/7. Amazing, isn't it? Great. Um, and you know, again, that's just not going to do it for us, is it? Sometimes it takes a lot for us to realize that. I've, I've, I've had so many stories over the years um, of sports and the, what people were doing. And in my case, guys, again, that, I, yeah, I, I, I remember I was a teenager. I'll never forget, I was a teenager. Just thought about this today. I was a teenager, raised in Ohio, 
not you know Dayton area, Dayton, and so the Reds were were the the team of choice there. And uh, I, I met this guy. He was an old guy. I mean, he was an old guy at the time. And whenever I say that these days, it bothers me because he was probably about my age now, you know. But you don't think like that when it's an old guy. And he he listened to the Reds. Of course, in those days, you didn't have you know proliferation of sports on TV. He listened to the Reds every night since I met a Reds baseball team. And uh, and and his I'm, I'm serious. His health would be up and down depending on how the Reds were doing. You believe that? I mean, just it's a, it's a true story. Unbelievable. I, even at the time, I was like 16. I was like, that is weird, man. Look, there's only one thing. And I want to talk about that. And I want to take you to the words of Jesus, which is the best place we can go in a situation like this. This, this particular story is in all the Gospels, all, all the synoptic Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I'm going to take the Matthew version. And um, just follow along with me. It's, it's, it's just a, this is one of the things. Jesus says something here that people, a lot of times people just can't, they don't get it. Oh, what was he talking about? So if you had some questions about that, this is your lucky day because you're going to find out what he was talking about. Isn't that good? You're going to find out today. You're going to find out the right version too. Anyway, here we go. Um, Luke 19, verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There's only one, capital O, there's only one who is good, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. I love this question. I love this guy. I love people, but I love this guy. Because this guy, I can, some things, I hope I don't relate to him totally, but I, I, some things I can relate to with this guy. Because Jesus says, real simple, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. What's his next statement or question? What do you think? It'd be, which ones? I mean, he's like, what's the bare minimum I can do to sneak in there? <laughs> Just which ones? Just give me which ones I got to keep. All of them, two or three of them, you know? And so, so <laughs> he says, which ones the man had? And Jesus replied, you must not murder. Okay, I'm okay there. You must not commit adultery. Oh, okay. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Are you kidding me? The guy's thinking, did you have to add that one? Did you ever live in Jersey? <laughs> Jesus, you're in Israel, man. You don't know what it's like in Jersey. <laughs> uh, um, no, the guy says, you know, I've obeyed all these commands. What a liar. I mean, and here's the thing. I've obeyed all these commands. The young man replied, what else must I do? And, and here, now listen, if I were Jesus, and thank God I'm not. If I were Jesus, I would have said, you lie. Well, you're a liar. He hadn't kept all those commandments. He knows that. But Jesus doesn't do that because he's God. He reads it. He knows his heart. He knows, he, knows what, he knows what's near and dear to him right here. Here's what Jesus told him. Verse 21. If you want to be perfect or, or mature or complete, what that means, go and sell all your possessions. And, and when he's hearing this guy's got, got oh, he's got choking. Oh, God. Go and sell all your possessions. And give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had a lot of stuff. I mean, he had an iPad, iPhone, 
or the first century equivalent thereof. Um, he had cool stuff. Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that something was more important to him than anything else. It's not wrong to have stuff. Please don't hear that message. It's not wrong to have money. Please don't hear that message. What becomes wrong is when it possesses me instead of me possessing it. That's when it becomes wrong. And Jesus knew that this stuff possessed this guy. It owned him, basically. Well, Jesus uses this as a teaching moment. Man went away sad. We never hear from him again. We never, never, ever anything else in the Bible about this guy. As far as we know, he went away thinking, I can't go to heaven because I can't give up my stuff. That's sad. Not a lot different than a lot of people. Next verse, verse 23, Jesus said to the disciples, and he uses this as a teaching moment, I tell you the truth, it's very hard for a rich person. Here's the part that people have a hard time with. It's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? Who in the world can go to heaven then, they asked. I'm going to show you the next verse in a moment, but, but, but just think of this for a moment. Let me just quickly clear up a couple things. If you've been to very many churches in your life, and, uh, and if you haven't, you can just ignore what I'm going to say for a couple of seconds, okay? Um, a lot of churches with, you know, less, uh, well, I was going to say something self-serving, but I won't, um, teach this, ur- it's kind of an urban myth that the, that the, uh, the eye of the needle, or excuse me, the, uh, yeah, when he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. There's this, there's this urban legend that, that, that has gone around for centuries, really, um, in, in preaching circles at least, that people would talk, ministers would talk about this gate that there was in Jerusalem that only camels could, that could go through that. It was called the eye of the needle. They said this gate was called the eye of the needle. And, and the only way camels could go through that is by taking off all their packs and then that camel had to get down on its knees and kind of go through this, this eye of the needle gate, so to speak, to get in Jerusalem. It's a great story. The only problem is it's just not true. It's just, that's just no, no scholar backs that up anywhere, anywhere. And I, just to remind myself, I, which I do a lot these days, I, uh, I read through several commentaries again just last night or yesterday or day, whenever it was, this week sometime, um, just to make sure. I was right about that. And not one scholar anyways, anywhere says that's true. And here's the problem with it. It's a great story, but here's the problem with it. If that were true, that would mean there's something I can do. There's something I can do. Get rid of my possessions, do this, get out on my knees, crawl through. I keep the commandments I do. There's something I can do somehow to enter heaven, to enter, to enter God's heaven, to go to heaven, to, be, to, to belong to Christ. See, if it were true, that's, that, that's another problem with that myth. The truth is, in this particular version, in Matthew, Matthew used the, he used the, the literal word in the original, a sewing needle. Luke, when he writes about this story, Luke was a doctor, right? L- Luke used the term, the, the Greek word, of a surgeon's needle. So, I mean, that's literally the words that they used here. So they're not saying there's some gate somewhere that you've got to crawl through. They're not saying that because here's what... Jesus' answer was when they said, who in the world then can be saved? Verse 25, verse 26, Jesus, says, Jesus looked at them intently and he said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. There's only one way. Through God. Through Jesus Christ. Who came and lived and suffered and died and rose again. And he did that for me. And just my crap. 
Just my stuff, my sins, which were enough. But he did it for you too. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. You see, and that's why Jesus says that there's, there's nothing you can do. You can't, you can't crawl. You can't hold your tongue right. You can't say these words or not these words. There's nothing you can do. It's impossible, <laughs> humanly speaking, but with God, everything is possible. The only way to come to God, your creator, is trusting Christ and saying, Lord God, I, I believe you did this and you went to the cross and, and you rose and you did that for me and I want to trust you right now. That's how, that's how it happened. You can do that right now. You can pray about that and just ask God to give you the, the, the ability to, to, to say those words, whether you say it verbally or in your heart and in your mind. You can do that right where you are. Now, let me just point out one other thing very quickly because I want you to, I'm going to ask you a, hopefully a penetrating question here in a moment. But that whole part, rich people, you're like, let me go back to that part. Rich people entering, you know, he says, it's harder. And why do you pick on rich people? Um, is, is being rich wrong? No. 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 It's not wrong. Is having money wrong? No, it's not wrong. A lot of people think there's not, nothing, nothing in the Bible teaches that money or possessions or, or having wealth, nothing in the Bible teaches that is wrong. Nothing. Again, it comes back, does it possess you or do you possess it? Um, here, here's part of what I think Jesus was saying, and I think it's important for us to, to, to grab this. When we have a, a, any degree of wealth, and that's true for anybody in here, all right? I don't care. You can't be sitting there saying, well, I only make X amount a year. You don't know how poor I am. It's just on a different level for some of us. And here's what I mean by that. You know, you get, you get, you get something and you stuff it. If, if, if you're doing this, not just, you get something and, and suppose you're, you're stuffing that into, that into that God-shaped hole. And you say, well, you know, I don't have to think about God. You may not think this consciously, but I don't have to think about God or my relationship with God right now. Because I got, I got, you know, I, this, this new car, I man, it's really cool. I, I, and, you know, and of course, what happens with that? <laughs> well, on vacation this summer, my kids, God bless them, counted how many cars I've owned. You believe kids would do that? And then made fun of me. Saying, see, you're trying to fill that God-shaped hole. I said, hey, you little urchins. I said, first of all, you sure enjoyed riding in them. And secondly, you wrecked two of them, so don't give me any trash about it, okay? <laughs> anyway, you, you get a new car, and, and you, if, if, God, if your kids don't wreck it or, 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 or trash it or whatever else kids have a tendency to do. Um, I love my kids, by the way. I'm just not here putting them down. But... Um, if, they, if that doesn't happen, you know, it gets old after a while. Well, then, then, then you go somewhere else. I'll get another car. Or maybe, maybe it's not maybe it's too big of a scale for you. You buy this, something less, less expensive, and it's really like an iPad. Oh, gosh. And, and well, this is great. This is just, I'm obsessed with this thing. And then after a while, that hasn't happened yet to me, but after a while, it kind of wears out, and, and you've got to find something else to stuff in there if that's what you're doing. See my point? And you can do this with 99-cent abs. You don't have to do this. With, it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm serious. You can't. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's whatever your tendency and whatever your thing happens to be. And I think part of what Jesus is getting at here is 
we go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, just just stuffing in this in this hole, this God shaped hole, and never thinking about God because we can, we can buy something else to, to to stuff in that hole and think about, and we're pretty happy for a while. Pretty soon, though, let me let me let me help you with this because I can do this now. Then you start getting older, and then you realize you know it's all vain. No, no, you know it doesn't it doesn't help. It really doesn't. And 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 hopefully. Hopefully, by God's help and, and insight, you're able to realize that long before you start getting old and recognize it's not about going from thing to thing as good as it might be. It's about stuffing that, man, that, that God-shaped hole with a relationship with your Creator. Here's my question. Just think about it. What are you trying to fill that God-shaped vacuum with? other than your connection to your creator. What, what are you doing? You know, that's something you, you can't answer. You may not be able to answer that right now. This is something to talk about with, with people you love and can trust and, 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 and get around a little bit and just, well, well maybe is there some things that I'm, I'm kind of maybe missing? I'm kind of blessings that I'm missing because, granted, I've come to Christ but I, I, there's still stuff. I'm still stuffing little stuff in there with it to, to try to escape thinking and praying and, and going further in my relationship with Christ. So it, it works not only for the person who hasn't come to Christ, but for the believer also who can get sidetracked so easily. So what, are, what is that? And I want to make a statement. The only real fulfillment. I want to be very careful with a statement, Okay. But I want, to make, I want to say it very clearly. The only real fulfillment to be found in life is through a relationship with your Creator. The only fulfillment, the only true fulfillment can be found. That doesn't mean, I've got to add a parenthetical phrase on this, okay? That doesn't mean that there aren't times, even as a follower of Christ, doesn't mean there aren't times of, and seasons sometimes of, of maybe doubt or maybe pain Maybe adversity, maybe frustration, maybe angst. Doesn't mean there aren't those times. Apostle Paul said to Timothy, it's through much pain we enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> and I have to add that because when I say something like the real, only real fulfillment can be found in life is through a relationship with Christ, I'm not saying trust Christ and everything's going to be great. And you're never going to have any problems, never going to have any issues. That's just not true. And that's not, that's not real, that's not true. We all have issues and things we have to deal with. But that's the only way true fulfillment will ever be found. So when we talk about getting the party started, great song, by the way. Get the party started. I won't sing. But I can dance, you know. Anyway, anyway. Getting the, when we talk about getting the party started, it, that means partying without regrets. That means I don't have a bad taste in my mouth the next morning, literally or figuratively. Getting the party started means that there is an expectancy of blessing, God's blessing in my life, because I'm seeking to live in a way that's going to honor Him. Getting the party started means you're seeing Christ-like character deepen in your life. Grow. There's going to be growth in your life. Now, it may be only a little bit, in terms of fruit, it might be a, 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 it might be a raisin. 
versus a watermelon, you know? Sometimes you have those, those watermelon times where you just see real growth in your life, but usually it's that smaller incremental growth. The point is to be on that track. That's the point. And, and when we talk about getting the party started, we're talking about seeing incrementally more Christ-like character taking over my life. How are you doing with that? And it's great when you see that. It's great. Getting the party started means you're not trying to stuff stuff into that God-shaped vacuum that was only made inside of you when man fell and could only be fulfilled by a connection with your Creator through Jesus Christ who loves you, lived for you, suffered for you, died for you, and rose from the dead for you. And we thank Him for it. That's why our prayer needs to be to ask God to reign in our lives, to to rule in our lives daily. (laughs) Talking with another one of my friends this week down on our church patio. And again, we were talking and he says, "I I got a hard question for you, Rich. I said, what's that? He says, how come the devil, how come he's so dominant in my life instead of God? <laughs> I said, dude, I said, just like this, I laughed. I said, dude, <laughs> you have a lot to do with that. <laughs> You're making some bad choices. <laughs> and he kind of hesitated and chuckled. He says, yeah, I guess I am. I said, yeah, you are. Take it from somebody that loves you. Um, sometimes it's, we have that choice. That, that daily choice of asking God to reign, to rule in our hearts and our lives. And that's, why, that's how the party really gets started, right there. Asking God to reign in our lives. Let me pray. Pray for us and ask God to make us think about that. Get the people to come on back. Guys, the band, come on back up. I've got one more song for us. And as they're coming, let me pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to come and, and just really think about some, some life-changing things. God, I pray that you'd help us to think, help us to pray. Thank you for the ability to, to allow you to rule in our hearts and our lives. Thank you for the grace and the forgiveness that we have when, when we don't let you do that. Thank you for your love and your grace in all of our hearts. And we especially pray, God, that we would make that our prayer, that this song would be our prayer, that you'd rule, that you'd reign in me. In Jesus' name I pray.